Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. As children are returning to school, I thought it would be interesting to do a back-to-school series. This week on the back-to-school series, we are going to be talking about bullying. This is something that kids can run into in school and often is also a challenge for parents to be working through as well. Bullying can be a challenge for anyone that has had to endure it, and I know from challenges with this myself, particularly in middle school, just how damaging bullying can be. This week, I'm interested to speak with Nathan Webb, a school counselor and an expert on bullying. As a child, he endured relentless bullying, but was able to rise above it. During his studies in school, Nate discovered his passion for helping kids overcome the same challenges that he faced as a child. Using this passion, he founded Bullies Be Gone, a social media platform that helps empower bullying victims and change school climates. This week on the podcast, we get into tools and tactics to deal with bullying, how bullying has changed over the years, and also even how parents can help to handle bullying that's occurring for their children. Enjoy this episode with Nathan Webb. So welcome, Nathan, to the podcast. I'm so happy to connect with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. That's great. I'm excited to hear your story and and kind of the direction that you've taken. So why don't you start with providing us a background on yourself and then how you became a school counselor and a bullying expert? Right. So when I was four years old, I was in kindergarten and I was prescribed with some really, really thick glasses and they made my eyes huge. Uh, We're not talking like bees eyes, frog eyes big. We're talking like staring into your soul. I can probably see the the, the Martian and Mars, like huge, huge glasses. And so um, naturally as a kindergartner, that kind of made me a little bit of a target. Um, And so at first it was just name calling, stuff like that. Um, and then it escalated to uh, exclusion. Um, but as I was being, as I was bullied, um, you know, the name calling, the exclusion, stuff like that, my little kindergartner self started to become kind of socially awkward because I wasn't sure what behaviors were going to gain me social acceptance and which ones weren't. Um, and so I, and so, you know, the social awkwardness, more reasons for them to pick on me. And so things just started to to get worse and worse. Um, in, um, in fifth grade, I remember being told by some peers that I couldn't play on the playground. Um, and so I went inside to just slump in my desk and one of my other peers was holding a, a pen underneath me. Um, that did not feel great. And then in, in, in sixth grade, I was thrown in a trash can. Um, in eighth grade, um, the football, the football captain dudes held me down during practice while the linemen took turns kicking me in the groin. Um, and then in ninth grade, or is it 10th grade in high school, first couple of years of high school, um, they thought they were being funny. And 15 of my peers told me I should go kill myself on social media. Um, and so, I I just I went through I I went through it <laughs> to say the least when I was little, um, but then my 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 dad um, he was a domestic violence therapist for uh, 
uh, for DCFS, um, Domestic Child Family Services, for a long time. And so him and my mom were amazing supports to me, and um, they helped me out a lot to to become better and not to become bitter. Um, there are some things that my dad helped me focus on um, that gave me some tools and mindsets to, to help me get over my bullies um, and to love my life. And so as I'm going throughout my life, um, I didn't think much about my experiences getting bullied until um, I had just come home from a two-year mission that I served for my church in the Philippines. I'd just gotten back from that, and I was at Utah State University studying psychology, and I was just realizing so many tools and mindsets I wish I would have known when I was younger that kids I know now are going through. Um because I was studying to become a school counselor and I was like, I, this, is there no one giving, like telling these little kids these things that they should know so that, you know, the words don't hurt so much so that they understand their worth. Um, and so I started bullies be gone, my Instagram slash YouTube, um, just as a, you know, a page so people could look for, for positivity and it's grown into a podcast and speaking in schools and, um, and that kind of drove me to wanting to even more so become a school counselor so that I could help kids out where they're at with their issues, whether it be bullying or unkindness in any way, and kind of help build them in that foundation um, so they can have that confidence so they can get through things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sorry to hear all of those things that happened. And, you know, I myself was bullied as um, mostly in middle grade, I would say. But actually, it started even before that because I had an older sister, and so her friends bullied me as well, um, even when I was mm. you know, as young as like grade one. Um, and for me, it was because of my weight. And so, you know, it was really hard because I felt like, well, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, it was hard to kind right. of say, oh, no, I shouldn't have to experience this as part of my childhood. You, you right. know, did you ever feel that? Did you feel that sort of like blame or like feel like it was justified or and if not, how did you like kind of overcome it? Well, here's the thing. Most kids actually believe that they deserve it. Yeah. Because they have been convinced by those people being unkind to them, by their bullies, that they deserve it. Some rationale in some way, shape, or form. And I remember not knowing why. I'm like, why? I must deserve it. What am I doing wrong? Because mm-hmm. people just don't do this on for no reason at all. So what am I doing wrong? Um, and what honestly helped me to get over that particular aspect was – in ninth grade, the um, my dad sat me down and asked me a question. He said, Nate, do you know who you are? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm Nate, your third-born child. Are you okay? Um, and he's like, no. Do you know who you are? Because you're allowing other people to define who you are. And that is why their their words sting so bad, because you believe them. You're allowing them to define you because you have not defined yourself yet. And I'd realized that, In the pursuit of trying to gain acceptance, I had for so long been doing things that I didn't enjoy, becoming a person I'm not proud of, to gain acceptance from a group of people I don't even care about. Mm -hmm. And I totally lost myself in the process. And so I was like, well, no, Dad, I don't know who I am. How do I figure that out? He's like, well, that's the beauty of it. You get to decide. Who do you want people to think of when they think of you? You know, I'm not, we're not talking about physically. Like, what what aspects do you want people to think of when they think of you? You don't want them to think of someone that's kind, 
someone that's grateful, someone that's respectful? What do you want people to think of? And then align your behaviors with that person. And so it did take some time, but once I found out for myself who I was, who I wanted to be, you know, their words lost all their power because I knew who I was and none of their words could change that. They could call me whatever they wanted, but I knew who I was. And so once people know who they are, it helps a lot. The hard part is kids, especially young kids, they're just figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody isn't laying down a foundation of love, um, then someone else is going to lay down a foundation of uncertainty to break down their self-esteem. You know, I always tell parents, you need to love your kids louder than the internet can hate them. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do it, someone else definitely will. And they're not going to build them up. They're going to break them down. Yeah, that's a really great message. And, you know, it's interesting because when I was in high school, it was just before, you know, social media, like honestly, the internet kind of happened while I was in high school. So I sometimes feel really fortunate for that. But yeah, I think that's kind of added a really new element. And, you know, in many cases, unfortunate for kids. Um, You know, I guess I'm wondering how pervasive bullying is for young people today. You know, we've kind of reflected on things in the past, you looking a little different, me being heavier and looking a little different as well than, than what's quote unquote normal. What are some of the really common issues that you're seeing when you're out in schools or people are, you know, some of the kids are sharing? So bullying, it has, it has shifted. I mean, face-to-face bullying still happens because you have 500 insecure kids all in the same building. Um, but more so it has shifted to social media. Um, And I'm not going to demonize social media to the point where to say social media itself is bad. Social media is a magnifying glass. It amplifies what is already there. And for teenagers, there's a lot of insecurity there, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of fear. And when they act out of fear, they end up hurting other people because hurt people hurt people. They're insecure. Something's going wrong in their life. They don't feel great about themselves. And so if they see someone, they're like, oh, I could look kind of better than them. I want to feel better about myself. So I'm going to bring them down to try and make me feel big. And so bullying um, and unkindness on social media is huge. It's probably the biggest thing among kids right now, learning how to treat each other with kindness online, because it is so easy to type something when your face is not associated with it when you can't see their 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 body language when you can't see their their reactions to the unkind words that you say it's a lot easier to dish out hate um when when you have the safety of that screen and i mean i feel like especially being here in the schools it, it, emojis are taking over emotions and so it's a lot hard kids are having a harder time knowing how to process emotion and as a result of that a lot of unkindness comes out Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And so what are then some of the tools that you're using to really dig into your message for kids um, and to really help contribute to to change in this arena? Um, Well, it all starts with ourselves, right? We got to get ourselves to a good spot before we can try and change the world. And so I tell kids, they need to do three things. They need to know, focus, and serve. So the first one I talked about, know who you are, right? That way you lay a foundation so the the unkind words of other people don't drag you down. Secondly, 
we need to focus on what we can control and what we do have. Oftentimes when people do something to us, like you said earlier, we blame ourselves. We think we deserved it in some way, shape, or form. And we put the responsibility of someone else's actions on our shoulders. When in reality, we have no control over what they do. We only can control what we do. And once we realize that and we stop putting the weight of their actions on our shoulders because we can't control them, the weight of the world comes off of us and we are able to only focus on one person, which is ourselves. Focus on becoming a better person. How do your words affect other people? How do your actions affect other people? Don't worry about Johnny boy who's been being a mean little brat for a couple of years now. Worry about you. What are your words? Because you're not responsible for his actions. It's not your fault. Um, and then secondly, focusing on what you do have, the internet is full of comparison culture and that culture breeds self-doubt and negative self-talk and, um, negativity all the way around and focusing on what other people have, you know, that saying the grass is always greener on the other side. Well, the grass is greener where you water it. And if you spend some time in your own lawn, it might get a little greener. Um, seeing what you do have enables you to feel this cool thing called gratitude. <laughs> Your brain cannot multitask. It can't feel jealousy and gratitude at the same time. It can't feel happiness and sadness at the same time. It can go back and forth rather fast. Um, but if you are purposefully and intentionally, intentionally um, focusing on the things that you do have, you enable yourself to be grateful and to be happy. And that helps to combat the the, the comparison culture which helps us to dive more into kindness because all of a sudden we're happy with what we have. We're no longer jealous that we don't have the fake life that we see the fake Instagram influencer have because we know it's fake. And because of that, we're not lashing out trying to hurt people because we feel like we're low. Um, and then the lastly is, is just serve because if anyone's having a down day, it might be time to stop thinking about yourself and go help somebody else out um, because someone else always is struggling more than you are. You just aren't seeing them because you're so enveloped in your own issues. And this isn't to ignore your own issues, but it's to give you a little bit of perspective that even though you are having some hard times and we need to validate that, you still have the capacity and the ability to bring other people up. And it helps fill you with that sense of kindness and joy so that next time a hard time comes around, you know it's not going to crush you because you've seen, you've seen other people crushed and you've been able to help them. So you know that you're going to be able to make it. Yeah, I love that. I love the focus on gratitude and serving. That's interesting. I just finished, um, I'm a middle grade author. And so I've been reading a lot of middle grade young adult books this summer. And I finished a, a young adult book called Fade to White by Tara K. Ross. And it's about a young person with anxiety. But one of the things that she does in the book is she orders, she always goes to this coffee place in the morning and orders two teas. And then she'll give one to somebody that is having a tough day. And, and I really loved that. And so just when, you know, you were talking about kind of lifting others up and looking out for maybe who needs who needs your help. It just kind of reminded me of that small little gift that the, that the character was giving in the book. Um, 
And and I think focus on gratitude is really interesting as well, um, because sometimes when we're feeling low, that's that's a really hard thing to do. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, makes a lot of sense. I wondered if you could dig in a little bit to the bully side. I actually, you know, Ooh, have an eight-year-old daughter, and I asked my daughter. I said, you know, I'm going to be talking to this person, and you know, about bullying. And I said, what would you want to ask? And she said, well, why do people bully? And so I wondered if you're seeing like common themes in terms oh, yeah. of why certain children or even adults, let's face it, adults oh, yeah. can be big bullies oh, um, and, and what you're seeing out there, I guess. Okay, absolutely. This is the stuff that I love. So, <laughs> so when it comes to the bully, um, to someone who is exhibiting bully-like behavior, someone who's being unkind, it is because they have a, a they are, they are devoid of kindness in their own personal life mm. that there's something going on in their life that is causing them pain emotional physical when mental whatever it is there's something in their life causing them pain and hurt people hurt people misery loves company mm -hmm. and because they're devoid of kindness in their life the only way they know to gain control to try and stop this whirlwind of hurt is to inflict that hurt onto someone else because that is their experience. Um, and so I tell people 100% of bullies are, need more kindness in their life. And so a lot of people are like, how can I get this bully to not be my bully? I say, have you tried being their best friend? Because as soon as they see and they realize that the quickest route to happiness is via kindness and not through putting other people down, they something clicks and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is so much better. Kind of like monsters incorporated when they, they see that how much more powerful laughter is than scream. They're like, Oh my gosh, we should be doing this the whole time. Um, yeah. Similarly, that's kind of the, what clicks in their head. We're like, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting control and happiness for so long. And my experience has been, you got to put other people down because that's what's happening to me. But as soon as they see how much happiness can be brought through kindness it's it changes everything wow that's that's interesting i mean i can see it being a little bit you know thinking back to my experience i was really scared of these people so oh, absolutely especially if they physically hurt you you're like yeah. whoa the heck how am um, i going to be your best friend oh yeah one so one of the kids in eighth grade he was part of the group that held me down and kicked me in in the groin and everything um i i learned later on that um in high school he had been sent away from his home because um, he had been wrongfully accused of uh, of a crime that he didn't commit. Um, and so his way to cope with that was to mistreat me. And I had no clue. And even though the way he was mistreating me was totally unacceptable, I would have not wanted to be in his shoes either. Um and so the, everybody has something they're going through that you just don't know about. And while their behavior scares the daylights out of us because they're the ones picking on us, getting to know and ask, like, why? Why are you doing this? Sometimes they realize, I don't have a reason. I'm just scared. Um, mm -hmm. Or following <laughs> the crowd possibly as well, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Are you interested in having a published author speak in your classroom or at your community event? I'd be interested in speaking about my new novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, the writing process, mental health, 
Pandas Pans, podcasting, and more. Contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com for both in-person and online bookings. You know, I'm really interested too in, I guess, why you decided to go back into like the school counselor realm. I mean, I look at my experience and, you know, I enjoyed aspects of school and at one point kind of considered being a teacher. And then I thought, Eh, you know what? No, because I felt like for me, there was a lot of kind of loaded memories in some of in some of my time at school, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm interested then in how did you feel like, no, I can I can overcome this and feel okay to be in that environment on a day to day basis? And, and what made you decide to go back? Well, um, so it was kind of interesting as far as career wise, I wanted to go into school psychology mostly mm-hmm. because I was very, I am very nerdy with behavioral psychology and with school psychology, you do a lot of behavioral testing and stuff like that. Um, but I actually got, I got rejected from grad school. Um, and so I was like, Oh crap, I have a bachelor's <laughs> in psychology. Can't do much with that. So, and so the next step, the next, the next thing there was going to grad school for, for school counseling. Um, And it's interesting you bring up the, the loaded memories part because yeah, I still have those memories of things that happened to me, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I was able to build up that foundation of confidence, a knowledge of who I am to the point where I'm secure in my memories Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that stuff happened to me, but that doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. And I can remember that stuff without it having to put me into a spiral of self-doubt again because that stuff happened to me. That stuff isn't me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then you could kind of spend the time kind of maybe being part of the change, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's another part of the reason why I really wanted to get into the schools. I created Bullies Be Gone while I was in grad school. Okay. Um, and the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, my gosh, these kids need help. Not just because of bullying, but I mean, the biggest bully out there is the entity of social media. I mean, it causes people to to compare their bodies and to want to alter themselves and to engage in trends that are dangerous to their well-being. And I mean, how many of the the people who are 20 now, those were the people who were eating Tide Pods when they were 14 mm-hmm. um, because of social media. And so I was like, we really need some advocates out here to help steer these kids and not be apologetic about it away from the edge of the cliff. Um, And so, you know, I was like, yeah, I really want to get into school. So school counseling, I was able to get an internship at a high school and I realized how much I can connect with these kids because of my life experiences because of the stuff that I went through when I was a kid also mm-hmm. um, and being able to talk with them and having them see like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is someone who's had similar experiences like me who, who made it out mm-hmm. and being able to connect with them on that level to help steer them out. That, that is why I'm here. It's all about saving the kids because they're the rising generation mm-hmm. and social media is killing them off. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that about kind of being the one that made it out because I remember I always kind of had that mentality at some point. And I think it was something in that mindset that maybe helped me during those tough times, but just always like, yeah, you know what? Eventually though, I'm going to be successful and and I'm going to find my way out of this and and be okay. And and I, I always think like, I wish I could impart that on more children, I guess, so that they can sort of see that this isn't forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I've been really trying um, in my writing. Like, um, that's kind of my way, I guess, of adding to it is through, you know, I, I wrote one middle grade novel, I'm working on a second, and trying to get some of that positive messaging out there in a in a way that I can contribute. But um, I totally agree having it been like a lived experience. I think there's there's lessons there to share for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. So back when I was bullied, it was kind of like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and, you know, then it was called teasing and bullying uh-huh. wasn't really a term at school. Right. Kind of like, oh, yeah, no, just it's just words, you know, was kind of the mentality. And I guess now it's very different. You know, we have the term bully. There seems to be a lot more that the school system at least can do around bullying. Um, And I guess I just wondered what your thoughts are in terms of how parents should support their child if they find out that bullying is an issue. Um, yeah, so I actually really, really don't like the term bullying, um, which is interesting, because my whole thing's about bullying. The reason is a lot of people were like, so-and-so didn't pick me for kickball. They are bullying me. Right. I'm like, oh, oh, dear Lanta, Johnny, no. They just didn't pick you because, unfortunately, you're not very good at this game, and it, that's okay. Well, you're um, not your best friend. You know? like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, but the best way that my parents supported me, and I think that the best way that parents can support their kids, if they find out bullying's an issue, listen. Hmm. Just listen. Don't talk. Don't judge, including the kid that's bullying your kid. Don't judge. Just listen. There's so many things your kids are feeling right now that they don't know how to process besides just talking about it. And if we find out that bullying's an issue, there's a lot more than just bullying in their lives. I guarantee there's a lot more self-confidence issues, maybe self-doubt, stuff that needs to get out there. And steps moving forward might be different for each person. A talk with mom or dad and just hearing everything, that might be the only thing that needs to happen. Um, and then once we hear the whole story of everything, then, you know, we kind of use our parent gut to know what to do next. Um, I had one parent talking to me about when her, she had a kid experiencing, you know, he's getting kind of getting bullied. Some kid was repeatedly just kind of singling him out and being mean. I'm like, have you, have you guys talked with him? And so she and the other parent and their two kids got in a room. The parents were in the bag just to make sure a fight didn't break out. Mm-hmm. And the two kids were just like, okay, why are you treating me this way? Well, I don't like it when you do X, Y, Z. Well, I'm going through this in my life and I'm not coping well, stuff like that. And so it's going to be different from kid to kid. And especially, I mean, caveat right now, if something violent is happening, contact the police, por favor, because that's illegal. It's called assault. Don't want to do that. Um, but communication, just listening to them. And then, you know, afterwards when you have the whole story, okay, you might need to take some action. But we got to listen to our kids. Our kids are feeling so much judgment right now from adults, from people. 
And they're scared to talk to people sometimes because they're afraid of the judgment they might get. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think I'm weak because I'm having mental health issues. You might think I'm weak because I'm bothered by the words of someone else. But if they have a spot where they know they're going to be listened to, they're not going to be judged, it is going to help tremendously. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and it just kind of tweaks in my mind, you know, a lot of the classic back in the day messaging around what to do about a bully was sort of like stand up to your bully. You know, that's a lot what you would see in the media. And what you're suggesting is much different. Like it's taking kind of like a kinder approach, I guess is what I'm thinking. And so, um, I guess, what do you say? Like if kids say to you, like, well, my parents told me to stand up to them. Like, how do you kind of message them differently? I mean, depends on how you stand up to the bully. Like if someone's picking on you and they're being mean and stuff, you don't, you know, dodge the punch and kick them in the nuts. Like you, yeah. <laughs> you, you, when, like if someone's being unkind to you, you can call them out on it. Hey dude, I don't like what you're doing. That's not kind things to say. And maybe you're saying these things because you're uncertain about who you are, but I know who I am and that's not me. So I'm going to ask you to leave me alone. And if you can't do that, we're going to have to get some grownups involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's definitely a way to stand up for yourself. But yeah, not in sort of that classic um, situation. (laughs) (laughs) And and then as as well as like when when you call that bully out, a lot of times they'd be like, uh, uh, what? Because they're not used to people standing up like that. Um, And then just, you know, you got to still dish out kindness and love, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're being, they're being mean to you, the way in which you call them out, it doesn't need to be mean in return because hate only begets hate. The only way to change hate is to dish out kindness and love. Yeah. I like that. The other thing I'm thinking of too is, so we talked a bit about what do we do if we find our child being bullied, but what mm-hmm. about if your child is the one bullying? Well, in that case, ask them why and then shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the say, more, yeah. you know, what's, what's going on? Like your teacher told me that you're being really, really mean to some people at school. What's going on? Why are you doing that? What, what's what's causing you to to behave in this way and then listen and don't judge because that person is hurting for some reason that's why they're hurting other people and we don't know why and they need a safe place to also know that they will be loved and that they aren't going to be judged and once you find out why okay let's discuss some better ways we can cope with this other than tr- making someone else feel horrible because that's not helping anybody out because in some way, shape, or form, that person's just not having enough kindness in their life. But we got, we just, we got to listen to them first. Listen to them and then help them see there's better ways to cope. Mm-hmm. And getting kind of to the root of everything. That makes sense. So I guess I'm wondering if there are any other additional tools or advice that you want to mention to our listeners. Um, you know, if there's great books or, you know, anything else that you want to bring up. Um, one, so two books that I think are going to be real big for kids. I would, and and parents, um, I would read the book. It's called glow kids. Um, it's about K 
kids with smartphones and social media. And the other one's called the unselfie. Um, it talks about empathy and kindness and how it's kind of being washed away right now. Um, you know, emojis replacing emotions. And the only thing that I would say is if you find yourself that you're dealing with a lot of crap on social media, um, a lot of cyber bullies, cause that's the vast, vast majority of what's happening now, cyber bullying and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Get off the cyberwebs, <laughs> especially if you're a teenager. Uh, you don't need a smartphone. You don't need Snapchat and you don't need TikTok. Those are going to be used for more evil than good 90% of the time. Um, and so I just encourage all you guys listening out there, try to spend more time in real life and dishing out more kindness and the world's going to be a lot better place. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard because the pressure for phones and stuff, you know, I have an 11 year old and he's already like, well, when can I get a phone? Right. And never, no, (laughs) they, then they don't see it. Right. They don't understand that, you know, we're seeing things and hearing things that are so different. And so do you have a guideline that like, you know, do you think high school is appropriate or you're like, if you can, not even. Um, so we, I realize that technology is not going anywhere social media is not going anywhere and so yeah eventually sometime we're going to need to introduce them to social media to smartphones but we need to teach them first mm-hmm. i'm not so much about anti-social media as i am anti giving kids a supercomputer without teaching them anything about it and expecting it to go all well and dandy yeah. <laughs> um i mean we're full grown adults don't make the right decision hundred percent of the time on the internet. And we're expecting a, a 10, 11 year old to, to be just fine and stick them in a virtual, virtual platform with millions of other kids and expect everything to go fine. Um, and so teaching them and educating them and giving them kind of a tr- phone with training wheels. There's great phones out there. Gab wireless pinwheel. These are all options of phones that have, options with minimal social media or no social media that you can add things as you go so that as you teach them about how to responsibly have a cell phone and not be addicted to it and then teach them about social media and Mm -hmm. what we do and don't do to people on social media, what we do and don't post about being really picky with who we allow to follow us, stuff like that. And then educating them so that when they finally do have their own access, because someday they're going to move out, they're going to have their own phone, they're not going to be tethered by mom and dad. If we can give them that foundation, they'll make the choice to have good healthy tech habits so that bullies are not totally consuming their lives because A, they knew who they are and B, they're not on there all the time because real life is much better. So I think education is going to help much more. And so so there's not really like a line of now is a good time for you to have a phone. Um, Because like I would catch, I'd love if a kid never had to have a smartphone ever. Um, But personally, I'd probably introduce um, like training wheels, smartphones to my kid when, when they're at the age where they're traveling a lot and they need a cell phone for some way, shape or form. All right. Mm -hmm. We can give them a gab wireless phone or something. And then as they get older and older, older and older, you know, 16, 17, they're junior, senior in high school. All right. We've taught you about social media. Let's allow you to have a couple platforms. Um, but never, ever, ever do I think a kid is ever in need of TikTok or Snapchat. And I'll take that to the grave. Um, those, those platforms specifically, I don't think have any place in any kid's life. Um, sure it's fun. Your, your friends might use it, but your friends also a hundred percent use Instagram and that's 
10 times safer and more mm-hmm. manageable than TikTok or Snapchat. And you can, anyway, I will, that's for another episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's a good tip thoughts. though. Like, you know, it's a very practical thing because a lot of parents don't have, like, I don't have Snapchat. I've looked at TikTok. I don't have an account. Right. I do have Instagram. So that's kind of, I'm most familiar with. And right. yeah, so it's, it's a good heads up to people that are just getting into that. Well, and the sad reality, a lot of parents, they're not on the same platforms as their kids. Right. And if your kid is on a platform, you better be there. Right. Anyway, yeah. No, that's a really good tip. And I wonder too, my son is um, very into video games. Are you seeing any like kind of bullying on there? Like I've heard, you know, they gang up on each other or then they don't let people in certain games and things like that. Well, that stuff happens. Um, there's also a lot of um, a lot of a lot of uh, how I put it, pedophilia, I guess, on yeah. um, on you know chat rooms within video games. Um, you know, people while they're playing video games, especially if it's live online with you know fifty other people playing. Oh, what's that one game where you try to murder ninety nine other people on the island? Um, Fortnite. There we go. Right. Um, you know, where people are messaging back and forth and people learn where people live and stuff like that happens. But I'm, I, I think parents or people in general get a little too comfortable with, Oh, it's just a game and it's just a chat. But if you are giving a hundred people access to influence your kid, you might want to be a little bit picky of what you're allowing them to access. Cause you can turn off chats and stuff and that's how people gain access to kids. And so, yeah, there's still, there, there's crap that happens. Anything that can connect to the internet is an opportunity for you, for your kids to connect to someone who is going to hurt them. Unless we help train them to, you know, set up the proper security protocols on their devices so that, all right, we're not going to message the random stranger whose name is not Jenny and who is not 12 years old. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And similarly, it's I've had that where I'm like, no, we can't just, you know, open this up to yeah, whoever and he's, you know, you get that pushback, but they just don't understand it the same as as adults. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure our listeners are so interested to find out more about you. What is the best way for them to connect um, with you? Is it online, social media? Yes. So um, on Instagram, I'm bullies be gone, bullies be dot gone. Um, and then, um, that's probably the best way to hit, hit me up. I'm on there. I'm pretty active over there. If you have any speaking inquiries, if you want me at your church, your school, your event, whatever, um, you can just email me bullies.speaker at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, just hit me up. Um, if you want a daily dose of positivity, I'm here for everybody. That sounds great. And I think it's so wonderful that you are putting something positive and helpful out into the world and using social media in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I wrote a book. I'd love for you to check it out. Pendulum by S.E. German is available now. Pendulum is a heartwarming story that follows a young boy who experiences mental health challenges like anxiety, OCD and depression, ADHD and tics following an infection. It turns out he has a little-known disorder called PANDAS. 
The book follows the young boy as he struggles with his health issues as well as regular middle grade issues. And it can act as a wonderful catalyst between you and your children to talk about mental health issues and other things that are going on in their life. Pendulum is available online through Amazon Worldwide, Barnes & Noble, the Friesen Press Bookstore, and a number of other online retailers worldwide. And you can check out Chapter 1, the audio version of Pendulum for free on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast in Episode 64. I hope you enjoy Pendulum by S.E. German and let me know what you think. Thank you so much to Nathan Webb for his time this week as we moved through this conversation on bullying. I really liked his messages about knowing oneself, focusing, and then serving. I think him breaking down what to do in the cases of bullying is really helpful. I liked his focus on gratitude and focus, as I said, on serving. And then also really the big message for parents being to listen, to understand what's going on and understand the root. If you'd like to find out more about Nathan, you can visit on Instagram, as he mentioned, bullies b.gone as well as uh, for speaking engagements and other inquiries through his email which is bullies.speaker at gmail.com thanks for listening this week I'm excited to announce the launch of my author website, www.se-german.com. On this website, you can find out all the information about my publications, focused areas on my novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, where there are questions for parents as you work through the novel with your children, as well as teacher resources that can be used in the classroom. There's also information about the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast and recent press. Please visit www.se-german.com. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.